0: Well, welcome back to the Through the Psalms podcast. Before we begin today, I want to let you know about my blog that I have online. You can go to it at WesleyProvine.com. That's WesleyProvine.com. And the reason why I'm mentioning that is because I wrote a blog recently uh, entitled The Ten Prerequisites for Effective Prayer. So I thought you might be interested in... In reading that, I've just listed 10 um, principles of, of prayer that might help you or interest you. So you can look that up and read it if you would like. Today on the podcast, we're going to be talking about Psalm 27. This is a psalm of David, according to the superscription. And the classification for this psalm is a psalm of confidence. Uh, if you remember, a psalm of confidence is one that contains the ideas of peace Security, joy, faith, and confidence. Another Psalm of confidence is Psalm twenty-three, which we've already discussed on a previous podcast. I really enjoy this Psalm. It has a, a lot of good things in it, and it's very encouraging and uplifting. And uh, it's probably a favorite of many people. The background of this Psalm—it uh, was probably written early in David's life. We don't know exactly when or on what occasion he wrote this. Uh, the famous preacher Charles Spurgeon uh, believed that it was written around the time of 1 Samuel 22 when Doeg the Edomite uh, told Saul that David had um, contacted Ahimelech the priest and which resulted in a, a disaster uh, for the priest there at Nob and Spurgeon tends to think because of the content of the psalm that it may be around that time. Now that's just uh, conjecture. We don't know that for sure. Um, but it's definitely uh, written about David's enemies and, and when he, at a time when he was being persecuted and uh, surrounded by his enemies. And of course that's a common theme we see throughout the psalms is uh, the idea of his enemies uh, persecuting him. As far as the outline of the psalm goes, um, verses 1 through 6, David expresses trust and confidence in God. Verses 7 through 12, David petitions God for deliverance from his enemies. And then verses 13 and 14 serve as a conclusion where David uh, reminds us of God's goodness and urges, urges the reader to wait upon God. All right, having said that, let's go ahead and read Psalm 27 and then we'll discuss it the lord is my light and my salvation whom shall i fear the lord is the strength of my life of whom shall i be afraid when the wicked even mine enemies and my foes came upon me to eat up my flesh they stumbled and fell though a host should encamp against me my heart shall not fear though war should rise against me in this will i be confident one thing have i desired of the lord that will i seek after that i may dwell in the house of the lord all the days of my life to behold the beauty of the Lord, and to inquire in his temple. For in the time of trouble he shall hide me in his pavilion, in the secret of his tabernacle shall he hide me. He shall set me upon a rock, and now shall mine head be lifted up above mine enemies round about me. Therefore will I offer in his tabernacle In his tabernacle, sacrifices of joy, I will sing, yea, I will sing praises unto the Lord. Hear, O Lord, when I cry with my voice, have mercy also upon me and answer me. When thou saidst, Seek ye my face, my heart said unto thee, Thy face, Lord, will I seek. Hide not thy face far from me, put not thy servant away in anger. Thou hast been my help, leave me not, neither forsake me, O God of my salvation." Okay, well, in verses 1 through 3, we have David expressing his faith and his confidence in the Lord. And in the first verse there, he says, The Lord is my light and my salvation. Uh, Charles Spurgeon notes, he doesn't just say that the Lord gives light or gives salvation. He says, The Lord is my light and my salvation. You know in this dark world the lord is our light he is the one that enlightens our path and shows us the way to go and gives us hope in a dark world he is our salvation we can rejoice that he has come to save us because of what jesus did on the cross and in his resurrection we can rejoice that the lord is our salvation so these things should be bring great joy to our heart uh that The Lord is our light and he is our salvation. Therefore, we don't need to be afraid because like David says, he says, Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the strength of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? So why was David able to not be afraid? Why was he able to find courage in the face of danger? Because he put his eyes on the Lord and focused on the Lord. You know, it's just like that story of Peter when Jesus calls him out of the boat to walk on the water, and and Peter does fine as long as he has his eyes on the Lord. But when he takes his eyes off Jesus, he begins to sink, and then Jesus reaches out his hand and rescues him. So it's important that we keep our eyes on the Lord and remember that he is our light and he is our salvation. And if we do that, we don't need to be afraid. Uh, Verses 2 and 3, he talks about his foes, the wicked, how they came upon him to eat up his flesh, but they stumbled and fell. And he says, even in verse 3, he says, Even though a host should encamp against me, my heart shall not fear. Though war should rise against me, in this will I be confident. So you see the great confidence that David has because of his faith in God. He's not afraid even if war rises up against him. And... When you have faith in God, you can have that kind of confidence in the face of danger because you know the Lord is with you. In World War II, uh, the great British Prime Minister Winston Churchill was famous for his speeches that he gave over the radio. And in one of them, in the midst of World War II, when Britain was threatened by Nazi Germany and things looked dark and 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 very um, discouraging for the British. He said, we shall fight on the beaches. We shall fight on the landing grounds. We shall fight in the fields and in the streets. We shall fight in the hills. We shall never surrender. And he inspired people with his confidence in the face of danger. And likewise here, David shows strength and courage and confidence Even though he's surrounded by enemies, he has put his trust in the Lord and he refuses to be afraid. Now you move along to verse 4. We see David's desire. It says, One thing have I desired of the Lord, that will I seek after, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, to behold the beauty of the Lord and to inquire in his temple. And so you see... uh, the great love that David had for the Lord and how he desired to be in the Lord's house seeking the Lord all the days of his life, to behold the beauty of the Lord and to inquire in his temple. That was David's desire. Uh, Charles Spurgeon says about this, uh, desires are seed which must be sown in the good soil of activity or they will yield no harvest. We shall find our desires to be like clouds without rain unless followed up by practical endeavors. And what Charles Spurgeon was saying there was David didn't just desire the Lord, he sought after the Lord. Uh, It's, you know, there in verse four, he he talks about seeking after the Lord. So David uh, actively sought the Lord. He went to the house of God, he prayed, Uh, he admired the beauty of the lord and so we need to actively seek god and you know a lot of christians may have the desire to seek god they may desire the lord they may want to be closer to the lord but if you don't make a conscience conscious decision every day to actively seek god uh, that desire won't turn into reality Uh, you have to make a decision every day i'm going to seek the lord And that's what David did. Verses 5 and 6, David talks about how God will protect him. He says, For in the time of trouble he shall hide me in his pavilion. In the secret of his tabernacle shall he hide me. He shall set me upon a rock. So there you have protection from his enemies. Verse 6, And now shall my head be lifted up above mine enemies round about me. Therefore will I offer in his tabernacle sacrifices of joy. I will sing, yea, I will sing praises unto the Lord. So here David expresses his faith and confidence in the Lord that he would protect him uh, from his enemies. And not just protect him, but according to verse 6, uh, actually David would be lifted up above his enemies and have victory over them. And so you see the faith and the confidence of, of David. He knew that God would vindicate him. Uh, and and David was able to have that kind of attitude because he had this clean conscience. He. He knew that he was in the right and that he was being unfairly persecuted. And he knew that God would take care of it and punish the, the evildoers that were uh, persecuting him. Uh, Psalm 46 verse 1 says, God is our refuge and strength of very present help in trouble. And that's kind of the same sentiment here expressed in these verses. Is that God is David's refuge and his strength. And he is his help in trouble. And then you see that David has this joy. Uh, He says that he's going to offer in the tabernacle sacrifices of joy. And he talks about how he will sing praises unto the Lord. So when God answers your prayers and he delivers you, the natural response is to have this joy and this praise to the lord because you're grateful to god for the victory that he's given and and so david was grateful and he wanted to sing to the lord and to express his joy to the lord because of what god had done for him in verses 7 through 10 you have david uh, praying to god here in verse 7 hear, O lord when i cry with my voice have mercy also upon me and answer me when thou saidest, Seek ye my face, my heart said unto thee, Thy face, Lord, will I seek. So he prays to God for mercy. He cries out to God and, and asks God to have mercy upon him. And then he again, you, you see David talking about seeking God or seeking his face. My heart said unto thee, Thy face, Lord, will I seek. So David actively sought God. It wasn't just a... Uh, second thought or a you know a a fleeting um, moment no he consciously actively uh, sought God on a regular basis he made an effort and a conscious decision to seek God and to seek his face and you'll see a lot you'll see that language a lot throughout the Bible seeking God's face and uh, that just means that you are You're developing a relationship with him. You want to have uh, his approval. You want him to be pleased with you. And you're looking to him to know him better, to please him, to have his favor on your life. And that's what David did. Uh, I wanna read another quote from Charles Spurgeon here on this verse. He says, mercy is the hope of sinners and the refuge of saints. And you notice a lot in the Psalms that David is constantly seeking God's mercy. And here again in verse 7, he does the same thing. He's asking God for mercy. And so he sets a good example for us in that, that we should seek God's mercy and we should seek God's face. In verse 9, he says, Hide not thy face far from me, put not thy servant away in anger. Thou hast been my help, leave me not, neither forsake me, O God of my salvation. When my father and my mother forsake me, then the Lord will take me up. So you see this fear that David had. He, he was afraid that, David, he was afraid that uh, God might uh, hide his face and that he might pray and, and, and not be able to get through to God in his prayers. Uh, he was worried that uh, God might put him away in anger or uh, forsake him. You see that in verse nine, that uh, that was a, a fear that David had. And he's asking God, don't hide your face from me. Don't put me away in anger. Don't leave me or forsake me. Uh, because I think David was in a desperate situation here and he knew that God was all that he had. And if Dave, if, if God left David, uh, he was going to be in real trouble because he was surrounded by his enemies, and so you see the desperate state David was in. And uh, you know, a lot of times it takes us being in a desperate situation before we really start to seek God and really get serious about it. And it's when we're weak and it's when we don't feel strong that God can do great things in our lives. He He delights in uh, using the weak and. Uh, those that the world might overlook uh, because his power can uh, can be shown in our weakness and, uh, and here you have that in this situation with David. David felt very vulnerable. He felt like he was in a, a very bad spot and he needed God desperately and he was seeking God with all of his heart. You think about later in David's life when he was on the throne and he had become king and All his enemies, it seemed like, were defeated and everything was going well for David. And that's when David got into trouble, when he was coasting and everything was going well because he stopped seeking God and he began to get careless in his actions. And so none of us like to go through hard times and none of us like to have enemies. But one of the good things about uh, difficult times is that it causes us to seek God and then his power uh is evident in our lives. It's when things are going well and and it seems like uh, we're just coasting along. that's when we get into trouble because we quit seeking God okay uh in that verse ten uh you know he he said, when my father and my mother forsake me, then the Lord will take me up. So, you know, David was all alone during this time, it seemed like. He didn't have a whole lot of friends. And he was out in the wilderness and sometimes in caves. And, you know, he he was in a really desperate uh, spot. And God was all that he had. And so what he's saying is, uh, you know, even when those closest to me and my loved ones, if they can't help me, uh, I'm, I'm still going to rely upon God because he's going to be there for me and he'll deliver me. So you see the great faith and confidence that, that uh, David had in God. Alright, in verse uh, 11, David asked God for guidance. He says, teach me thy way, O Lord, and lead me in a plain path because of mine enemies. So David was humble enough to realize that he needed guidance from God and that He wasn't smart enough to figure everything out on his own. He needed God to show him which path to take because of his enemies, because he was surrounded by his enemies. And this is a good pattern for us, or a good example for us as well, that we need to seek God's guidance and ask him to show us the way to go and to teach us. Um, Charles Spurgeon on this verse He says, it is wonderful to observe how honest simplicity baffles and outwits the craftiness of wickedness. Truth is wisdom. Honesty is the best policy. And there he's just commenting on that last part of verse 11 where he says, lead me in a plain path because of mine enemies. And, you know, David was surrounded by crafty enemies, by strong enemies. But David chose the path of truth and simplicity and honesty. And in the end, that gave him the victory over his enemies. Uh, he outwitted his enemies, even though his enemies were crafty and, and smart and powerful. Uh, because David did what was right, because he served the Lord, he was able to outwit his enemies and so it goes back to honesty is the best policy and, and just doing what's right. Uh, that's not what the world would tell you, but that's what God tells us. And uh, in the end, it worked out for David. All right. Um, verse 12, he asked for deliverance again from his enemies. Deliver me not over into the will of my enemies for false witnesses are risen up against me and such as breathe out cruelty. So again, we've, we've seen this problem before in the Psalms where David had these people spreading these lies about him, false witnesses, people saying untrue things about him. And here it is again. And he says that they're breathing out cruelty or breathing out violence. Uh, that's quite a image there. Uh, they're persecuting him with not just you know they were threatening his life Saul was threatening to kill him but they were also persecuting him with their words and the things they were saying about him and you know that had to hurt David when they were spreading lies about him the NIV here says spouting malicious accusations so even though David was innocent his enemies were saying all these evil things about him and trying to turn people against him and so that was very difficult for him uh these people were cruel in the way they were treating david they They were not obviously being kind to him; they were being very cruel and unfair and He's asking God to deliver him from this and then you have verses thirteen and fourteen, which are the um, really the the jewel in the crown of this psalm. These two verses I really like these verses uh David says because of all of this you know his enemies chasing him and all this he's going through he said I had fainted He said I would have fainted unless I had believed to see the goodness of the Lord In the land of the living So the only thing that got David through was his faith that God was going to deliver him that God would be good to him That was what got him through so when we're going through difficult times we can reflect upon the goodness of God and just have faith that God will answer, that he will be with us, and that he will deliver us. And it may take time, it may not happen as soon as we'd like, but we need to have that faith like David did, that God uh, will deliver us and just trust in his goodness. And, and so that's just a great encouraging verse there for us to remember Uh, It should really uh, lift our hearts and bless us. And then in verse 14, David has some wise advice for us. He tells us to wait on the Lord, be of good courage, and he shall strengthen thine heart. Wait, I say, on the Lord. So, you know, this is one of those things that's easier said than done. It's easy to talk about waiting on the Lord. Sometimes it's very hard to do. But uh, when we truly wait upon the Lord and wait for his timing we won't regret it we only regret it when we fail to wait and jump ahead of god and then we get ourselves in trouble Um, but it takes courage he tells us to be of good courage when everything's falling apart and the the bad guys seem to be winning and um, things seem to be going wrong it takes courage to wait on the lord because your instinct is to act and to do something about the situation and I'm not saying that we should never take action. Sometimes God wants us to take action. But there are times when we have prayed and we've done everything we can and all we can do is just wait upon the Lord. And that was kind of the situation that David, David was in. It was just He needed to wait for God to grant him deliverance. And and notice he says, he shall strengthen thine heart. So God doesn't just tell us to wait and then just kind of leave us you know, in our misery. He, he strengthens our heart. He gives us courage and and helps us in the meantime to, to have the encouragement and the strength to get through it. Um, so let me read uh, what Charles Spurgeon says on this. He says, wait at his door with prayer. Wait at his foot with humility. Wait at his table with service. Wait at his window with expectancy. So one of the things that we do while we wait, obviously, is to be praying and continuing to serve God. Waiting doesn't mean you just sit around and do nothing. You're still praying. You're still seeking God. You're still serving the Lord. It just means you're trusting the Lord to deliver you and act on your behalf when the time is right. So in conclusion, when I look at this psalm, I see a man who had great faith and confidence in God when his enemies were surrounding him. And instead of being afraid, he he looked to the Lord for deliverance and he could have peace and confidence and faith and courage as he waited upon God to deliver him and and that's a great lesson for us is that we can have that same confidence and that same faith that David had if we'll look to the Lord seek his face and wait upon him all right well that's all I have I hope you enjoyed this psalm it's a it's a blessing to me I love psalm 27 and I wanted to close again with the priestly benediction from numbers chapter 6 I hope you all have a, a wonderful week The Lord bless thee and keep thee. The Lord make his face shine upon thee and be gracious unto thee. The Lord lift up his countenance upon thee and give thee peace.